Welcome to the Holden Village Podcast. Holden is a community of education, programming, and worship located in the remote wilderness of the Cascade Mountains. These snapshots provide a glimpse into the learnings taking place in our community. Let's tune in to this week's highlight. I'm David Westerland. I'm a consultant based in Bellingham, and I help organizations build their collaborative capacity. I am teaching on the topic of applied improvisation. So basically, the application of improv beyond the theater. So there are people out there who do improv with refugees, improv with emergency responders, improv for conflict resolution, improv with oncology nurses. The more I get into it, the more I'm discovering how improv is used in so many different realms. Because really, what what fuels and enables great improv are the very same things we need to build what I call the relational infrastructure of our organizations, churches, communities, families. Things like cultivating presence and empathy, supporting each other, and being agile in the moment. And we think about that one even, being agile in the moment. If I'm doing a a word-at-a-time story, and and I'm thinking, you say lost, and I say your, and I think you're going to say wallet, but you say dog. If I'm holding onto wallet with a tight fist, I want you to say this, and you're holding onto your idea, it doesn't work. It breaks down. But if I'm thinking something, but I'm holding it with an open hand, so when you say something different, I'm ready for that. I have a posture of readiness. So it's really about loosening our grip on control, which can be a difficult thing. And yet, when we experience it in the context of play, and we see that we actually just built something together that's greater than if we would have both controlled, it builds that visceral experience of, oh, maybe I don't need control in this other situation in my work or my life. And in a sense, what I hear there too is a sense of openness. So I might have a plan for something, but if I can come in with the posture of whether it's meditation or with another person, there will likely be something offered. In improv, we talk about everything as an offer. I can either accept or block the offer. So if we were in a scene and you said, hey, doc, I'm here for my two o'clock appointment. And if I said, I'm not a doctor, I'm just standing here at this bus stop. That's me blocking your idea, basically saying, I don't like your idea, I'm starting over. And then if you said, no, we're not at a bus stop, then it just breaks down. And when I work with organizations, people resonate with that. They'll say, oh, yeah, that happens in our board meetings all the time. There's just a shutting down of ideas. Versus, and we experience this in workshops I lead, these basic games where we experience the yes and, which is this core idea of improv, If we're playing a game called going on a picnic, first round, we just say no to everything. So you say, hey, let's bring hot dogs. Nah. And then I say, well, let's bring uh, broccoli. And you just say no. And so I, I have groups do that. And then the second round is you're just indifferent. So what's something that you could bring? Go ahead and offer something. Uh, yeah, kielbasa sausages. No, you can if you want to, but I'm not really into that. But go ahead, you know. So then I would offer something back, and you would have this indifferent response. So I debrief those two rounds and, and say, what's that like? Well, it just felt, at least the first round was clear. The second round just felt like, ah, you weren't even decisive, right? And the third round, we say an enthusiastic yes, back and forth. So you might, what, what could you offer? Strawberry ice cream. Yes, I love strawberry ice cream. We could bring whipped cream. I'll bring yeah. cherries on top. Yes, uh, I love cherries. And we can bring that pitter I got from my grandma. Oh, God. 
That's incredible. Yeah, I'm going to make a pie now. Yes, let's do a pie. (laughs) And so what people find when you say yes back and forth, it actually goes somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it's energizing. Part of the, the argument and efficacy of doing improv, even the simple games, is you come to have this embodied visceral experience of putting yourself out there and being supported because one of the base tenets of improv is support your partner. So if we're all supporting each other and we have that felt experience, the hope is to, to translate that to our work world or our church world or organization to say, okay, how can we do this in our world and what, what happens when we block each other? Part of the discipline there too is to offer something even if it's not, you don't think it's a great idea. Because part of the work in improv is silencing the inner critic. People often think, well, I'm not creative. But really, I think what's happening a lot of the times is we tell ourselves, oh, that's a bad idea, or that's no good. And those could be voices from the past or whatever. And maybe the idea isn't great, but because I put out something out there, then you can build on it. And then someone else builds on it, and who knows what can happen you're creating that neural pathway ahead of time and priming yourself. This kind of situations happen, here's what I can do. And it's not exactly, here's the script I say, Mm -hmm. but I would say, one, it's a posture of, I want to move towards this. How can I... So this idea of yes and, I was telling someone who was cutting my hair what she was asking about the work Mm -hmm. that I do. And I love talking about the work that I do, so I don't know if she was ready for it. But I said, say you cut or color someone's hair and they don't like it, you don't have to agree with them. The invitation is to accept that offer. So even internally, if you're saying in your mind, yes, you don't like it, that's true. And what can we do about it? Because I think a lot of suffering comes from not wanting or allowing the other person to think or feel the way they do. So even when we think about social justice kinds of things and someone even being racist or, or, or some situation I think at times we're wishing they weren't like that. And I think a way forward is to say, yes, this person feels that way. And how can I engage with them? And there's reasons why. I mean, we can yes and in lots of directions. But accepting like, yes, trauma exists. And what are we going to do about it? Because the alternative is to sort of pretend sometimes that things don't exist or that I have to engage knowing how to solve it all. Part of the discipline that can be learned through improv, too, is facing uncertainty without feeling paralyzed. Because if we're doing a word-at-a-time story, neither of us knows where it's going to go. But the more adept we can get at that, the more adept we can get at facing uncertainty in life, really. So my, my three sessions relate to, when I look at society, I'm thinking about how we're losing our ability to be present with each other. I think that's in large part due to our addiction to devices. That's one piece of it. There's also increasing despair. And thirdly, a loss of social cohesion at small and large levels. So we're less resilient when difficulties and conflicts, disasters occur. So my three sessions are a response to that. So how does improv reform us to be people who are present? It's the first session. How does improv reform us to be people who discover joy as opposed to despair? And how does improv reform us to be people who build resilience? I was in a session on systems, complex adaptive systems. Steve and Shirley talking about their work in emergency management. 
and just the rise in the number of disasters that have happened over the last few decades, and that that will continue. One event can happen in a certain area, and if the community is, there's a cohesiveness, they mentioned Joplin, Missouri, they responded with more uh, alacrity, I guess would be a word for it. And so when FEMA came in, they're like, oh, you guys got it. And they, they didn't need many FEMA resources. Whereas other places, if there's not a social cohesion, it can be more of a disaster that happens. So part of our work, I think, in the church is how do we be cohesive and vulnerable and support each other so that we can be that in our communities as well. The sessions are to how do we be present, discover joy, and build resilience as a response to the lack of presence, despair, and lack. And so another thing, too, like, yes, I want people to learn about improv and, more importantly, experience improv. I feel like some of the best learning happens when we're engaged in it. And so all my sessions are interactive. We're playing these improv games. And one of the things that gives me the most joy is seeing people at the beginning admit, like, I'm a little scared. I'm not a theater person. I tell them I'm not a theater person either. And then they start engaging in it and come out of their shell. And by the end of the hour and a half, they're like, this was great. This was so good. So that gives me a lot of joy to see that happen. I think in order to have unity of love, which is community, we need to be present with each other. That really nothing would happen if, if there's no level of presence. There's no trust without presence. And so seeing that as a skill we can cultivate, and even joy I'm discovering as, as a fuel, and I think because of all the difficulties happening in our world, we often feel like, well, how can we be joyful? And yet I feel like it's important for us to feel joy in even small ways, and then that can become fuel for us to face the difficulties. And then even resilience, that in order to be of service in the world and have that unity of love, when, when we're resilient, it's about being cohesive, which is about unity. So there's a book by Sam Wells called Improvisation, the Drama of Christian Ethics, and he starts it by saying, Improv in the theater is where actors seek to develop trust in themselves and one another to conduct unscripted dramas without fear. And he says his book is a study of how the church can become a community of trust to faithfully encounter the unknown of the future without fear. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you.